Hey folks, Jeff Woods here. Quick question for you before we dive into the episode. What would be possible if you belonged to a community, a community of high achievers that really understood the one thing and they were actually able to support you toward your goals? The answer is everything. We know that one of the biggest thieves of productivity is that our environment doesn't support our goals. And if you're the type of person who's been taking action on this podcast, then you know that the world doesn't stop spinning. And not everybody around you understands what you mean when you say, that's not my one thing. So having access to a community that'll support you along the way is one of the many benefits that our members enjoy. The reason we're sharing this with you right now before the episode is because for Close to six months, we have been doing a lot of work behind the scenes to enhance the membership experience. There is so much more value that is about to launch inside this community. And with that, we are going to be increasing the price by up to 20%. So if you're one of the people who has thought about membership in the past, or maybe you're going, you know what? I want to live this one thing. I want to have the support, the training, the community behind me. Now is the time to check it out. And we're making it easy. You can check it out for free. We're going to give you a free two-week trial for the Living Your One Thing membership. And then you will also lock in our founding member pricing. This is the lowest price the membership will ever be at. On April 1st, it is going up by 20%. So before you get into the episode, pause the episode, go to theonething.com slash membership. That's with the number one in the URL, theonething.com slash membership and learn more. This is The One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name is Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at The One Thing Team. This is going to be a two-part episode on how billionaires set goals. What you are going to hear is going to be a keynote that Jay Papsan, who co-authored The One Thing, and myself delivered at the Keller Williams Family Reunion Convention for 2019. We were in front of a room of about 2,000 people, all of them realtors and uh, support staff for those agents. And while we were talking to a bunch of people in the real estate industry, understand that this applies to you regardless of what industry you are in. This is going to be a conversation about how are you setting your goals? And as we go through this, we really want you to ask the question, are you setting your goals the way that we discuss? Or do you have some opportunities to make some tweaks? And there's no judgment in that whatsoever. This is about you getting a sense of where you are today, how you view your goals, and understanding the one thing that you can do, such that by doing it would make everything else easier or unnecessary. Like we mentioned, this is going to be broken into two episodes. This first episode is going to be about the high-level principles of goal setting based on how billionaires set goals. Next week, we'll share part two of this conversation where we dive into the actual tools for goal setting. With that, let's get into this episode of part one on how billionaires set goals. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. 
Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. I can't tell you, I think I've taken career visioning 18 or 19 times now, um, and I helped write it. <laughs> and I guess I'm really remedial at it, but every time I attend, right, I'm in a new place, and I get to have a new ha-ha. And so I hope that that's your back, not because you expected something different from a course with the exact same title as last year, but because you want to revisit the material. Yeah. How many of you consider yourself to be a goal setter? Yeah, myself as well. I remember prior to starting this company with Jay and Gary, uh, even back when I was selling copiers and medical device sales, I always set goals. I, very, I can so vividly remember being in my cubicle at Xerox, making the most beautiful PowerPoint presentation I had ever made, spending so much time making sure that the goals were written perfectly. They were beautiful. I framed them. And I remember year after year after year staring at my goals, telling myself the story, this is going to be the year that I'm going to accomplish these things. And yet, they kind of just remain dreams. Any of you know what this feels like? Oh, yeah. Suddenly, the opportunity comes for me to move my family from Southern California to Austin to turn a great little book into a training company. And I remember sitting down in your office, you looked at me, and you asked a great question. Jeff, do you know how billionaires set goals? And I looked at him, and I said, nope, but I grabbed my notebook and my pen as fast as I could, because I was ready to take notes. (laughs) Yeah. And Jay walked up to his whiteboard, and he drew a dot in the middle and said, imagine that this is you right here right now. If we asked you to trace back how you got here today, you might think, well, I got up this morning and realized I should have packed the Advil. (laughs) Zing. And before that, I hopped on a plane and flew here to New Orleans. Before that, I joined Keller Williams. Before that, I heard about this thing called real estate and realized you could Built a great business doing it. Before that, I was in school. When you trace your life back, you imagine it as a straight line. Yet when we suddenly look forward, it doesn't look that way. A lot of us, when we set our goals, we ask a very simple question. What do I want to accomplish this year? And we think, well, I could go and I could do that with my business. Or I could go in that direction or that direction or that direction. When we look forward, we see all the things we could do. And especially when you're looking at a time frame like a year, which is really a very small amount of time in the grand scheme of things, it's tough to know what a true priority is from a distraction. I'm going to say that again. When you just look forward, it's tough to know a true priority from a distraction. Imagine we, we announced today that we have Keller Williams Italy. Anybody from Italy in the room? 
Anybody want to go to Italy in the room? Yeah! There we go. Next door is like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> We're going to Italy! Yeah. It's on my goals. Imagine if we all hopped on the biggest plane and we all flew from here direct to Italy. If our plane was just five degrees off course and it didn't correct, what happens? We end up somewhere very different. That's what happens when we set our goals looking forward. We look at all the things that we could do and when we extrapolate them out, not just one year, but five years, 10 years, 20 years, it ends up to us leading a massively different life. What I began to understand, having the pleasure of working around these two guys, was that so many of us, day after day, are living a life by default. Waking up, taking action, having some success, having some failure, making some tweaks, taking action, repeating, but we get what we get by default. We live a life by default rather than a life by design. And the way billionaires set goals is they don't look forward and just look at what are all the things I could do. They have a vision. They time travel way out into the future. And based on that vision, someday from now, what that looks like, they look backwards on their life. And they ask the question, where would I have to be five years from now to be on track for my someday? Now realize that asking that question and seeking any clarity around that, do you think that's an easy question? No. In fact, if I ask you, tell me what are your goals someday from now, 20 years from now? And if I stared at you and really wanted an answer, most of us very quickly would hit a wall called, I don't know. It's a big question, which means you search for what? Big answers. Today, we're going to challenge you to ask some big questions. We're going to challenge you to go internal and search for those big answers. So when you identify what someday looks like and where you need to be five years from now to be on track for your someday, you then earn the right to ask the question. Well, what do I need to do this year to be on track for my five? And once you get that clarity, you then get to ask the question, well, where do I need to be this month to be on track for my year? Where do I need to be this week to be on track for my month? We goal set to the now. It's really a big deal though. And I remember, um, I think I told this story last year when Gary was planning to purchase his ranch. And he ended up buying a place in Dripping Springs, about 20 minutes south of Austin. It's an amazing place. It's got a vineyard, and it's got high fence, and he's got all kinds of critters on it. And he had this vision for just this one thing, right? This one part of his life. And, you know, in Texas, there's not a lot of public land. It's all private, right? There's ranches as big as some states, and so the idea of having land becomes a really big deal if you have kids, because if you want to go out and play, you always have to beg your way onto someone else's ranch or own it. So I got totally get why he was doing this. And he kept talking about it and talking about it, and finally he goes, okay, I think we're going to buy this ranch. And he opened up his notebook, and he had about four pages of notes. He hadn't bought a ranch yet. He'd only been to see a couple of them, but he had started thinking about what he wanted and what it was going to look like when he was going to get there. And he had framed out this idea of a piece of land with a house on it and a barn and a play area, et cetera, et cetera. And he goes, I think that the ranch will cost X amount of dollars. And if my math is right, 
when you account for things like a ranch manager and paying for taxes and all of this, if we're being really conservative, it'll cost about $450,000 a year to maintain it. And so before he would buy it, he made sure that he had not only the money to buy it cash, because he all luxury items, you heard him on stage, he's going to pay cash. He also had set aside enough money that threw off in investment dollars enough to pay for that ranch forever. Can you hear how complete that vision is? He not only had an idea for what he wanted, he had an idea for how much it would cost him on an annual basis, and he had an idea for how to pay for it passively. Because he goes, if my kid loves this place and this becomes our home, if Keller Williams completely disappears, it's never going to disappear from our life. So crazy amount of vision. He didn't have a perfect crystal ball. Things happened. But he started out with a very specific vision, and he started working backwards from that to make sure it would happen. And so while none of us have a crystal ball about where we're going to be in five years, the clearer you are about where it is you want to go, and I would say an even more important thing about your goals, who you want to become, Mm. then you can start working backwards from that. And when you do something this year, you remember those little arrows that Jeff had that went everywhere? It suddenly becomes clear that doing that is not the kind of person that you wanted to be, and you can say no to it. So that idea of, we call it the low-hanging fruit. It's a chapter we, quit, we actually cut from the book. The low-hanging fruit's a lie. Because you're starting your business, right? If you don't have this vision, you could look up and go, wow, if we did this tomorrow, I know we could go make money. And you're right, you could probably make money. That's why it's called the low-hanging fruit. But what if that is actually in the opposite direction for where you fully intend to go? You can go make money this year and you've actually set your life goals back a year. Does that make sense? So this little idea has so many benefits to it, I can't even tell you. And how many of you would just, would your friends to describe you as an entrepreneur? Right? Okay, that means you're really prone to those little bunny trails. And if you're not laughing at yourself, your spouse probably is laughing about it, right? <laughs> I got an idea, honey. Oh, dear. <laughs> right? Here we go again. So you're especially prone, the self-employed, the entrepreneur, to rush off in a new direction because you see opportunity. That's why you're an entrepreneur. You saw opportunity. That's why you're doing what you're doing. But if you don't have a roadmap for your life, what your business will be, the opportunity you're going to create for the people who work for you, for the person you want to become... You will constantly be zigzagging around and you will be taking the long route, even though you think you're running fast. And worse, you may not ever get there because you could be heading in the wrong direction. Does that make sense? It's a really big idea. It just seems simple, right? It's a surprisingly simple truth. I just don't want people to rush past it because it is simple and it seems kind of self-evident. The benefits of just kind of committing to this sort of thinking, even if it seems challenging, the benefits are too big for you to pass this up. So let's ask you a big question. And very quickly, when I ask this, you might hit that wall of I don't know. In that moment, I want you to push. Where in your life are you currently chasing distractions and saying no to what is truly the priority? Where are you currently chasing distractions and saying no to what is truly a priority? How do I know the answer to that, Jeff, if I don't know where I'm going? Here's the thing. If you wrote down an answer, but you couldn't articulate where you're going, but you think your answer's right, the answer's probably in there, but you haven't stopped long enough to think about where you are going. 
I think a lot of us, when we stop, we can say, eh, this is probably a bad path. But we haven't still taken the time to articulate where we want to go. There's a whole section in the book, The Rider and the Elephant. We could talk about that. But sure. yeah, it's a great question. You need to know where you're going, and you need to know where you're being distracted. What's the one thing you can do such that by doing it would make gaining a sense of clarity about where you're going easier or unnecessary? What do you think? Just shout. I'll repeat. Writing it out in clear detail. Thank you, Stephen Hurd. <laughs> Saying no easily and gracefully. Step back, reevaluate. Step back, reevaluate. Create a vision, be clear. Get clear on the end result goal. Prioritize. All right. I think someone yelled prayer three times over there. Prayer? Yeah, I just want to acknowledge that. Here's my philosophy on this, and you don't have to agree. I think it was St. Augustine. Pray as if everything depends on God. Act as if everything depends on you. Thank you, Loyola. And we're in New Orleans, my goodness. And I'm misattributing it. I said I think it is. So it's St. Ignatius Loyola. It's a great little statement, right? Pray as if everything depends on God. Act as if everything depends on you. So yes, prayer is a great one, but you still have to do the work. What do you think the purpose of a goal is? Gives you a big why? Focus? Clarity? Direction? Gary asked this question. He was teaching a class on wealth building at KWRI. We were going all these different directions, and he just stepped back and said, what do you think the purpose of a goal is? And lots of people shared their answers and he said something that really surprised many of us. He said the purpose of a goal is to be appropriate in the moment. It's not to achieve a result. It's not to have a bigger goal than the guy next to you, which is what a lot of people in this industry do. I'm going for 150 million, right? It's not, comp- it's not competitive. It's about where you want to be, and how do I then reflect that today, right now? Think back to what we said. You go out someday so that you can look back and identify where you need to be five years one year, this month, this week. You heard Cody Gibson say it on stage today. Who's the person I have to become? This is where it comes from, folks. How many of us, when we walk through our days, when we actually set our goals, deep down, we're treating the purpose of it as a result that we want to achieve? Be honest. My hand is up. Here's what happens. Can you stop on that one yeah. slide real quick? That just, I just say that that's a... It's a really hard thing to do. If you're thinking long range, right, we just challenged you to think out five years. And if you wanted to do something that's, I think, several times in the course of my career in Keller Williams, I've had Gary say something to the equivalent of, no matter where you are today, you can be knocking it out of the park in five years, right? We underestimate, we overestimate what we're going to do this year and really underestimate what we can achieve in five. So you can completely transform your life in five years, So if you want to be that person, right, who has stepped out of your business and is now running it as an owner instead of listing and or working with buyers, right, you have this vision of now being a business owner instead of someone who has a job in the business. How do you have to behave this week to reflect that? That's a crazy question to ask without a process to back up to that goal. If you say in one year, right, what would I have to achieve? We'll walk you through that. That's goal setting to the now. That's right. That's how you figure out how to be appropriate in the moment. It's the process we're going to teach you. That's right. So let's talk about the types of goals. 
Vertical access is your ability to ask a big question. The higher up you go, the bigger the question it is. And the bigger the question, the further you have to search for that answer. What most people do when they set their goals is they ask only so big of a question. They think about, what can I accomplish this year? And that's based on their skill set, their comfort zone, their past track record. They search for only so big of an answer and they set a goal that is doable because they think the purpose of a goal is to achieve a result. But then you have the people that are higher achievers. They don't just go based on their past track record or their, where they're currently comfortable. They stretch it and they set stretch goals. Yet we're not talking about the surprisingly simple truth behind ordinary results. We're talking about the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. And to earn the right to taste that, you have to ask questions that are so big that they require you to search for such big answers that you're setting goals based on what could possibly be possible. What's the business that'll put us out of business? How do I build it first? You understand that five years ago, that's the question Gary tried to answer. That's why we're here with Command and KW Cloud. All of those things that you saw on stage, he's been asking that question. Of all the possibilities out there, what do we think this is going? Right? He asked a huge question. Where is our industry headed and are we prepared to go there? Not how do I get 10% growth or 50% growth or double my business. Just bigger. It would have been really, really easy to, how do we protect our lead as number one? I think that when you're number one by 50 or 60,000 agents or whatever it is, it's, they call it the innovator's dilemma, right? So depending on where you are in your life, it might be very comfortable for you to ask only a doable or a stretch goal. And because you're achieving at such a high level, you can probably got a lot of people still patting you on the back for doing that. On the journey to becoming, right, the best version of yourself if you can get in the habit of doing what Jeff's talking about, of going a little bit past those stretch goals, to get into that area where it really makes you feel uncomfortable, that's where the best growth actually happens. Mm -hmm. Now, because we taught this for the first time last year, and since then we've done goal-setting retreats and so much of our training in our community, we know that there's a natural tension here. But how does this work? You're saying the purpose of a goal is not to achieve a result, yet... My coach is holding me accountable to this. Or I actually have to submit a budget Mm -hmm. for my business. When we do corporate trainings, I have employees saying, I'm held accountable to my boss to hitting the goal. They think the purpose of a goal is to achieve a result. How do you balance that? What would you say to that? Oh, you're just going to throw that to me. I I just wanted to see if you were awake. I think it really, if you're reporting to someone who sees goals as results, I think that you have two sets of goals. I think that if I'm going to budget, I'm going to budget around probably the stretch, but I'm going to set my activities around the possible. Say that again. From a budget standpoint, I'm going to be somewhere in the stretch, right? I'm going to be a little uncomfortable, right, when I look at that. But when I talk about the activities that will be required to achieve my goal, and in our world, what is the number one activity we have to do every single day to achieve our goals? Right, so how many appointments I'm going to set this week, this month, right, this year in order to have this many chances to take a seller listing, in order to have this many chances to list it and that many chances to sell it, right? You work the economic model. I'm going to have my activities set around the possibility, but I'm going to budget for the stretch. 
Because especially with the shift coming, right, we don't want to have that flipped. So let's do a little inward reflection. If we were to sit down with you individually and review your goals with zero judgment, with the sole purpose of establishing, where are you today? How many of you would we see doable goals? Okay, great. How many of you would we see stretch? Right? How many of you possible? That's nice. Awesome. Where do you want to be? I think one of the the great things you had shared behind the scenes, you know, we're talking about the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. Do you think everybody has to achieve extraordinary? No, because then that would make it ordinary. But this is about identifying models that will go and match the level of your ambition. Another way of putting that, I love that, is uh, I think we all do want to be extraordinary if we're really being honest with ourselves, but not in everything. (laughs) I think that some things matter more to us than others. I know that me personally, as much as I want to have an extraordinary career, it's much more important for me to be an extraordinary husband and father, right? But it's not everything. I stink at a lot of sports, and I I'm, I'm probably was never going to be extraordinary anyway, right? I'm not particularly handy, though I do like to work with tools and break things. <laughs> and I'm going to set very doable goals in those areas because it would be stupid for me to try to say, hey, I, you know, maybe I'm going to go out for an MLS soccer team, right? Or do something a little bit crazy. And I don't want to say that that's not possible, but I understand at almost age 50, it's very improbable. But I also know that that wasn't, if that was really important to me, I would have probably focused on it a lot. So look at your life and say, you you will not be extraordinary at everything, right? That doesn't happen. But in a handful of things, you can be extraordinary. And those are roles. And in our goal-setting retreat, we talk about what are the roles that are most important to you in your life. For me, it was husband and father. And then, right, business owner, and you start walking down the line. But you figure out those roles. Where is it that's truly your priority? And that's where you need to be setting possibility goals. Because mm-hmm. that's where you're trying to be the best you can be, right? What's possible for me in those roles? Um, everything else, I think is totally cool. Do doable goals. It's goals are, some goals are better than no goals. But if you set possibility goals everywhere, it is kind of a recipe for driving yourself crazy. Yeah. So start with the areas that matter most to you and who you want to become. There you have it, part one of how billionaires set goals. We want to recap some of the high-level points so that you're clear on how to put them into action, and we're going to point you to some resources to support you along the way. First, from a high level, we don't set goals looking forward. We have to have a vision for where we want to end up so that we can look back and identify the path that will get us there. When you do that, you know what the true priority is from a distraction. You know whether that low-hanging fruit that seems really attractive right now might actually be taking you in the opposite direction of where you want to go. Then, when we set goals, it's recognizing that it's not about achieving the result. It's about being appropriate in the moment. Understanding how we have to behave, the activities we must take today, this week, to be in alignment with our vision of where we want to be someday from now. 
To support you, we have a few resources we want to point you to. First, when you go to the one thing.com, that's with the number one in the URL, this is always going to be the place we're going to send you. If you click on free stuff, you will see the kick-ass guide to goal setting. This is a comprehensive action guide to get you started. Then for those of you who want to have more support in terms of implementing the tools, which we're going to be talking about in part two, the very specific tools like the GPS, the one-page business plan, the 411, a tool that drives your weeks and makes sure that you have absolute clarity on your priorities so you're in alignment with your goals, that's where you want to check out the membership community. Go to the onething.com slash membership. Like we mentioned on April 1st, the prices are going up. We have put so much focus on this. This is the one thing. If you want to belong to a community of people who are going to support you along the way, who are having conversations on a regular basis about the 411, about the GPS, about their goals, this is the place to go. The one thing.com slash membership. And a final thing that we will point you to will be our goal setting master course. When you go to the training page on the one thing.com, you can see it there. If you want this whole retreat facilitated for you so that you have clear someday, five-year, one-year goals, that's a great resource for you as well. Next week, we'll release part two of How Billionaires Set Goals. This is when we are going to dive deep into the application, the tools of how you do this. It's a great episode. So make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so it automatically downloads to whatever device you are listening to this on. Make sure you click that subscribe button. And if this has helped you, please share it with someone. Share it with someone that you know needs to hear this because it can transform the way they view goal setting. Thanks so much. And we look forward to being with you in the next episode.